Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So love it. if you've got questions, I'm never ready for that. <laughs> I always surprise you with the love it. Especially this is the, the first recording of this session, uh, first episode recording of this session. And I'll be obviously ready uh, the next couple, but the first I'll one. keep you guessing. Keep yeah. on your toes. Yes, sir. So um, if you want to keep us guessing, no, no, no good segue there. Uh, questions <laughs> about today's episode, ideas for future episodes, two easy ways to contact us. You for, can e- oh, sorry. I thought that this wow. was my point no. to like jump in and like. Father Dickens and I have just been doing this show for six years. You wouldn't know it if you've never listened. Or even if you'd listened, <laughs> you wouldn't know it. So, but if you if you this is your first time listening and you want to contact I, us I was with telling the contact. questions what are you doing? or uh, ideas it. for future episodes, Stop. you could contact us through. <laughs> you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at sf. C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C dot O-R-G. You can also tweet at us. SF Diocese. Use the hashtag ignition. S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E. There you go. Professional podcasting. Spelling. (laughs) Spelling lessons for today. Hook it on On Pahonics. Work it for meh. Oh, I see his face. Brian Regan. Brian Regan. He's a comedian, listeners. He's a comedian. Very good comedian. Check him out. Family friendly. Funny man. Yep. I mean, at least the older stuff I've listened to is family-friendly. Right. Disclaimer. Yes. Some of his really old stuff isn't. Oh, really? Tra- I shouldn't use that word. Wow. He changed from a uh, uh, more, you know. Blue? Yeah. 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 Okay. We're not here to talk about blue comedy, though. We should talk about, I mean, like, we should talk about what makes good comedy sometime. I think it'd be a great Catholic discussion. That would be. Yeah. You know, now Bishop Barron um, starts his Catholicism with the... Talking, he's talking about how humor. By when, by when you say starts his Catholicism, you mean the Catholicism <laughs> series that he produced through his Word on Fire ministry, as opposed to his faith in God and his own version of Catholicism, versus to like Roman Catholicism, as opposed to his yeah his yeah, yeah. okay they're not bro- baronism. There's no baronism that I know of. So he starts the Catholicism series by humor is the bringing together of two contrasting things. Oh. And therefore, what is more humorous than the incarnation? Mm-hmm. Flesh and spirit. You can disagree with Bishop Barron. That's fine. Divinity and humanity. Well, just a bishop. I could disagree with the Pope if you I could. want to. You could. We've talked about that in previous yes. episodes of Ignition. I know. That's what I was just trying to lean back. What episode was that? That was a previous episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> One of many, because this episode that we're recording is number 268. Zounds. Father, I looked... Um, uh, just curious recently, like I recorded the first few dozen by myself, um, but we've been doing this, you and I, for well over 200 episodes. Well, we, we reviewed this in episode 250, if you'd like to go back and listen to us reminiscing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So If you can't get enough of us. And you can look forward to further reminiscing in episode 300, which is only oh, wow. 32 episodes away. Time flies. <laughs> so, but we're not here to talk about blue comedy or time flying. Or even good comedy. That exactly. We are, uh, yeah, no good transition. 
Um, wait, wait, actually, here's a good, here's a transition. Okay, go for it. Uh, I want to hear this transition. I am prepared for the transition. Thank you. Father's got his vote cards ready. Um, uh, vote noises? Can you, since it's, since it's an auditory like, I, program? I, I, I was hoping noise? you'd just show me the vote rather than telling the listeners. Oh, no, they're going to find really out. Think. Okay. Uh, there are two easy ways to contact us, email and Twitter. And we got... Um, a question submitted by email um, uh, earlier this summer. A uh, question from a listener um, who is wondering about how to keep your faith or even rejuvenate your faith during college. Can we say, first of all, this listener said he is a huge fan. And I'm just, I'm just tickled by that. Yeah. And I, and I was I, not expecting to get that. I think we'll, 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 I think he'd be fine with us using his first name. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. For thank you, Matthew. And your kind words. We thank appreciate you for, that. Yeah. Kind compliment. That's, that's great. Right. Although, I mean, you probably should find better podcasts to listen to than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, better well, produced ones. We have, uh, I mean, not, nothing against our producer, well, but just, I mean, well, you know, he's not our producer. He's, he's made it very clear. He's oh, merely our engineer. Merely our engineer. Well, see, no wonder then we produce <laughs> it ourselves. And so he's like, not in his, like, yep. <laughs> we, we, we did discuss some of our favorite podcasts in other recent episodes of, of Ignition. We did. Um, but that was in the anniversary on 250, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. It was it was earlier this year. Oh, okay. It'd be good for me to have uh, our previous episodes at, at the ready so I could actually tell what number If we were. had a producer. <laughs> Besides ourselves. But what I'm saying, Matthew, is thank you for your compliment and uh, thank you for your question. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, episode 259, we talk about our recommended online resources. Oh, there you go. 259. Here in 268, though, we're going to address Matthew's question about how, how you can keep and or renew your faith during college. So this is, uh, I mean, when, Matthew, when you submitted your question, uh, I, I'm guessing you thought, but I certainly thought your question, um, there's, there's not much of a, a, a better person to have on, on the show to answer, help me answer this question than the man sitting across the table from me, Father Dickinson, because you are, for those of you who never listened, maybe... Yeah, so uh, I'm the chaplain at Pius Twelfth Newman Center, serving Catholic, uh, serving the campus of South Dakota State University, as well as being the pastor in white. So I suppose Dr. Bergwell thinks that I've got the magic formulae, not just one, there's multiple formulas. Formulae? Formulae. Formulae. A-E. Okay. Uh, but the magic for uh, helping college students to re-enkindle their Catholic faith uh, during school. Um, and so that's kind of just Matthew's question in that way. Like, you know, for someone who would go to college and maybe be pretty faithful when they went to college, but now finding it uh, maybe difficult to pray or missing mass um, while they've been in college. And so what to do to kind of, and even maybe like finding like some creeping unbelief in their life, what could they do to re-enkindle, re-enkindle, rekindle, rekindle, rekindle. Okay. He's got very good spelling. Rekindle your faith when you get to college. Right, and I know you have the magic formula because that's 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 why our bishop has put you, Father, in in this assignment because of your magic formulae. There's no counting for bad taste. <laughs> Actually, we are going to talk about um, in a, in a couple episodes um, the tendency to want to oh. find the magic oh, yeah, yeah, formulae yeah, yeah. process procedure. Yep. yep, yep. There are no five or nine or ten easy steps no, to no. anything with matters of faith. Although I think like my advice to like the people that Matthew's wondering about would be uh one of my actually my first piece of advice to jump off since we said we're not gonna follow our outline on this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh is a G, it's a it's a quote that people attribute to G. K. Chesterton. I don't know if it's actually a Chesterton quote. You remember you know this one? Uh, maybe. Uh anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Right. 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 
So anything, I know Jeff is going to correct us if that's not an accurate uh, Chesterton quote, by the way. He will. He's a very another faithful listener. <laughs> Thanks, um, Jeff. But uh, uh, yeah, anything worth doing is worth doing badly mm. is the notion that if it's really worth doing, you should do it even if you can't do it well. And the example I like to use is, let's say you have asthma, right? If you're under an asthma attack, you still breathe even though you can't breathe well. Right. Because it's important to breathe. Yes. You don't just say, oh, hold on a second, I'll wait for the asthma attack to pass, and then I'll start to breathe again. Right. No, you continue to breathe even though it's not going very well in that moment. Right. So your faith, practicing your faith, it's good to do it even if you don't feel like you're doing it well. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm really struck by that right now for some reason. What, do you have any idea why that is? Is that trying to figure out? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why you are struck Why? That. Why am I? <laughs> I know why. Because I am a, re, well, I don't oh, know, I'm a, a recovering perfectionist. Oh, oh, yeah. And so I'm mm. somebody who my parents could tell you this. If I couldn't do it excellently, I wouldn't do it at all. You'd give it the, you just give it the thumb. Right, like, right. Get out so of here. I, I'd quit. I'd give up if, mm. it, if, it, if it wasn't easy for me to do. Yeah. And I think that's an easy temptation for young people these days to that perfectionism through uh, social media. I know people that, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, that people that spend four to five hours editing Instagram photos before they post them. Right. You know, because it's got to look just right. Yeah, I've never, I, yeah, that, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I yeah. Know that's the thing. No, and then I, I'll say that to the college students, like, yeah, yeah, I know someone like that, or yeah, I've done that. Yeah. So, uh, this perfectionism, right? So, um, so practicing, it's practice. It's a right. practice of the faith. Right. <laughs> As my brother jokes, my brother's a doctor, and sometimes he'll, when we talk about like, you know, trying to figure things out in medicine or figure out what's wrong. Sometimes my brother will use the phrase and he doesn't try to be flippant with it, but he says, that's why we call it the practice of medicine. Right. Right. You know, so we, it's practicing the faith. Right. And, and, and practice is what makes perfect. We'll be perfected eventually God willing, for most yeah. of us at our death God, yep. yeah. or after our death in purgatory. Or after our death. Um, but so we shouldn't expect it to come easily. No. Right up. And, and we shouldn't judge ourselves by whether or not it comes easy. Because I think what can happen in someone in a young person's mind in this way, in college, out of college, is they can say to themselves, oh, I didn't go last week. Well, why should I even bother going this week? Right. And so last week's sins or faults become the reasons for this week's sin and fault. Right. And I think, isn't that, and you can, I, I know you, your own experience um, giving spiritual direction and, and you're just your, your life as a priest um, I'm, I'm sure you can vouch for this in your own life and the life of others that you've worked with. Um, but that reality that we can, it, it can be a lie of oh, the enemy to, to be stuck on the path. I mean, it can be good when, you, when we go to, I go to confession, I should reflect, right. but the, I should not be held prisoner by no. my, my, my previous or my past mistakes. Correct. Correct. And so like, you know, if you're someone who, whether through sin, whether through uh, kind of a disparate lifestyle or just simply missing mass because you were tired, you know, get to mass next Sunday. No, you don't go to communion. Right. 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 Uh, and uh, uh, don't worry about anyone judging you in that way. Uh, you can pray in the pew. You could go up and ask for a blessing. If the uh, priest or extraordinary minister looks confused, just move on. Don't worry about uh, receiving. But if you, if you haven't gotten to confession, don't receive. But just get to mass. Yeah. I, and this is, I don't want to take this um, far off topic. So we'll talk about this in a future episode, but I think I've been struck father recently by just, mm. it, it was made very clear to me, just my own reflection conversation with, with uh, a friend about this. Um, the mass is the greatest prayer we can offer, even if I don't receive communion. Right, right. The prayer, well, the obligation of mass does not include receiving communion. Right. Otherwise, how would a four-year-old uh, fulfill their Sunday obligation? Right, right. Yep. 
Um, so we're talking about how to rekindle uh, your faith in college, maybe the years after college when maybe you've had some struggles and questions brought in by a reader question by Matthew, who's a huge fan. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, and you're listening to Ignition. That's just what he's a huge fan. Boy, that was not smooth at all. <laughs> That's all right. This is a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. Um, Father Adam Dickinson is my co-host. I am Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization for the diocese. Uh, more importantly, a wife to Jermaine and father to our five kids. <laughs> I do that all the time. Wife to Jermaine. Engineer, edit that. Thanks. Here's the word. Husband. Just... Cut and paste. You can do that, right? Easy. Yeah, he's nodding <laughs> over there. So you never. I'm rambling. We has on. the you technology. Have no idea. If we has the tech. So, anyways, we're talking about rekindling uh, your faith. Ah, uh, yes. So, first of all, don't let. Uh, uh, was it? Don't be worried. Uh, what is it? Oh, um, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Because right. it's better to do it badly than not to do it at all. Right. Number two. Uh, get to mass. Yep. Which is part of that, but follows from that, and, and we need that a community. Right. And I think that's one of the challenges for college students is they lose an example they might have had in their parents. They lose an example of how to live the faith well, and they lose that community, maybe, of peers and even just uh, brothers and sisters. They lose that community that enforces the practice of going to mass, of living our faith, of daily prayers, meal prayers. Right. You know, you're eating in the cafeteria and I don't want to look different than anyone yep. else. So I'm not going like, to say my meal prayer. Yep. Uh, so... W- going to mass helps us to kind of plug in with that community. Uh, one of the things I'll say to our college students is if you go to mass alone, you won't be going to mass for long. Right. 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 Especially in college. So I think, and, and um, I think one of the, the common themes in our advice to anybody in the circumstances is the, 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 the value, the power of community as yeah. you're just saying. So whether it's going to mass or your own personal prayer, having a community, whether it's maybe just one other person, maybe it's a whole bunch of people where you're holding one another accountable. You're encouraging one another, you're building one another, one another up. Um, we're, we're not meant to do this thing alone. Correct. We're not made that way. Right. And so we need that. We need that sort of, I hate the word positive influence, but you need that sort of constructive edifying influence. There we go. Edifying. There we go. Yep. Yes. So we need that sort of edifying influence. I think too, um, this is another thing we talked about when we were thinking about how we might answer uh, Matthew's question. Insofar as it's possible to anticipate the difficulties. Right. So note to know, okay, and this probably applies more to somebody who's going to enter college, um, then somebody's in the midst of it, obviously, but maybe or not. Well, even if you're in it, I think you can identify or, sure. or if you're transitioning out of college into life after college is a tough transition and to identify, anticipate what those, um, problems might be ahead of time. Right. So in the particular case, it's, you know, the high school to college transition, it's definitely is, it, it's a transition. It's different. It is. And just a little side note on that. I think one of the difficulty in to anticipate one of those problems or to name one of those problems is that for so many of our young people, they don't know how to be proactive. Uh, one of the professors I know says that uh, our, that this generation is a planned generation. Uh, and by, what he means by that is they've n- rarely spontaneously did their own thing. Right. They rarely just went outside and played. It was usually play dates and soccer games and uh, after school activities and sport camps and everything else that's been pre 
pre-planned and scheduled and facilitated by someone else. Right. And so including their Sunday mass or their youth group. Yep. And so now just to take that proactive initiative to do it myself is just a skill that you haven't learned. It's not that you're like a bad or horrible person necessarily. I mean, we're all horrible and sinners in need to be in saving, but it's not that you have some great fault that someone else doesn't have. Right. Right. Left you speechless yeah, on you that. Yeah, you did. I don't know where to go with that. Well, I just and so that's just a good uh, thing to anticipate, a good challenge to anticipate in that way. Right? Uh, is that I don't know if you if you thought about that proactive versus reactive. Yeah, I've, okay. I've, yeah, I've I've, I've, okay. I've heard that and to some degree experienced that myself. Yeah. So, so um, other things we can anticipate about challenges would be opposition from your peers, right? And just like uh, uh, how how they like. I know in college, in college ministry, we talk about the importance of the first like four weeks. Then the first four weeks, you're probably going to make most of the friendships that, uh, that are going to carry you through the next four years. Right. Right. And for me, I think of the, when I was thinking about this opposition from peers, um, this is a little bit different. Another common experience, um, where, where maybe you were, for me, I was lax in my faith from the get go of college, had a, a conversion experience, a reversion experience. Um, and, and so I, I, I changed direction in my life and the friendships that I had, uh, didn't align with that change in direction. And there was just a natural parting of ways. And thankfully it wasn't, you know, it wasn't difficult. They didn't, they didn't, I wasn't mocked, um, poked a little bit of fun at, but, but, but in a, in a loving way and remained with them, friends with them for some time, but it was just over time, we just drifted apart, um, because of that. But I know that sometimes people will run into more serious obstacles, especially if they're in a relationship, right? If you're, if you're dating somebody and you, you have this powerful conversion experience, um, and, and where your life has changed in a real way and you want to start living differently, if you're in a relationship, that can be a, re- be a really difficult thing. So opposition from um, peers, somebody, especially if you're dating somebody, can be a difficult thing. Right. Uh, well, and that's, in that sense, like sometimes I'll look at someone in our ministry and say, you know, wow, they left everything behind yeah. to follow Christ right. in the sense of a friendship group and uh, uh, who they're comfortable with and who they trust in that way. And that's, that can be such a, a big challenge and, yep. and to, to make sure you're attentive to that, that possibility and that reality. Right. Right. Um, I think also then opposition, a, a, a trickier one in some ways, less personal, but harder in other ways um, than opposite from peers is opposition from professors. Right. Um, obviously there are good Christian, including good Catholic men and women teaching. And good non-Christian. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, teaching, but then uh, we all know the reality that there are some, including who who consider them as Catholic, right. who uh, are are more antagonistic towards, and, and they attack and they undermine your faith, and, right, right. So, a again to, to anticipate that, knowing that you're you could very well, you may never, but you could very well run into a situation like that, um, and then b be prepared for how you're going to respond. Uh, fortunately, my co-host uh, a couple years ago uh, wrote uh, a, a good uh, blog, uh, blog post on what to do when professors... It's a weblog of my thoughts. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, like what to do when professors attack your faith in that way. and Because, um, I mean, this question comes up about every year or so in some regard. Uh, but for the students, number one, just to stay calm. Yeah. Right? 
uh, stay calm when a professor says something, oh, you Catholics are horrible and this and that, and the Inquisition killed 80 billion people. Um, okay, stay calm. Right. Right. Uh, number two, one of, th- one of my great things is stay academic. Right. So if you make a claim in a paper, what would your professor ask for? Cite it. What's right. your source? What's your source? And so don't be afraid to ask your professor for a source. And so if they say uh, the Catholic Church hates women, you can say, oh, what's your source? You know, what's your, re- you know, you don't have to do it in a confrontational way. You could do it as a general inquiry. Um, oh, you know, Dr. Bergwald, you said that the Catholic Church, insert crazy claim here, uh, I'd like to learn more about that. Where could I read? Right. You know, or where, where did you pull that quote from? Right. Uh, and so stay, stay academic in that regard. And then you got kind of two options from there. If they give you a citation, investigate and look into it, right? Look at the actual source and see if it might be distorted. Uh, you know, there's, there was a time where there were some students who kept on bringing to me a claim where I knew the professor was distorting St. Thomas Aquinas uh, and, and, dis- and deliberately misreading, uh, well, I guess I don't know for sure deliberately, but right. uh, misreading what St. Thomas Aquinas was saying. And so um, I just tell the students in that case, you know, if the discrepancies are outright errors, you know, assume goodwill on the professor's part and bring a citation that helps to correct that misconception. Right. You know, offer them that fair chance. Yep. Uh, if goodwill isn't present and error is clear, you know, then as a student, you have the recourse of the university. Uh, you have faculty evaluations, letters to deans, things like that. Because again, this is an academic that you're talking to, and exactly. there's, there's there's a certain standard that is implicit with the role of being a university or college professor. Correct, and they have to live that by that standard just as much as they ask you to live right. by that standard. Right. And so uh, now, if the professor doesn't give you a citation or even refuses uh, to give you a source, you know, then you got a couple different options. You know, you you know, you can protect your anonymity if you want to, just about uh, uh, for the sake of your college career, but wait for the evaluations and make comments, you know, that the professor made disparaging or negative or in untrue claims against an ethno-religious group and now provide sources when asked. Right. You know, right. and that's, that's a fair statement to put right. on an evaluation form. And again, you've already, you, you've already gone to them and asked for it. You gave them the, you gave them the chance. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And you have to do yep. that. Yep. But once you do that, this is a completely legitimate uh, route to take. Yep. Second point would be you could privately and politely ask the professor why they're making blanket claims without reliable sources. Right. You know, uh, and then uh, the third option is you could go all 1960s on, uh, and, uh, plan a protest. Right. Right. Although it might be good to talk to a faculty advisor or someone like that, or an advocate probably on campus, just in case to make sure uh, your academic future is covered. Right. Right. I think in all of those, Father, it's important to remember um, f- f- some, for somebody in the situation, be confident and be certain, trust in the fact that there is no opposition between what we believe as Catholics and what we can know by reason. Right. And also that as a student, you have rights. Yeah. As yeah. a student, you have rights. Yeah. You have a right to ask for these clarifications. You're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, and we're talking today about re-enkind- rekindling or uh, reinforcing your faith while in college. Uh, if you have questions about what we're discussing today or your own ideas for future episodes, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Using the hashtag, using the Twitter handle SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, with the hashtag ignition.
So, Father, I want to go back uh, a little bit to so what we're just saying. What to, you know, the opposition you can expect, especially mm-hmm. uh, or when it comes from professors, how to yeah. respond. But going back to maybe the 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 spiritual side of things, or mm-hmm. my own, um, because this was my experience. You know, I've, I, as I've shared on Ignition before, shared publicly before, my story, I fell away from the faith almost immediately, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunately a common practice. So, going back to to the question that Matthew had originally asked. How do you rekindle it? We talked a little bit about some of the things like, don't worry about doing it perfectly. Just go to mass next time. Right. Prayer. What else would you recommend? What have you seen to be an effective way for somebody whose faith is starting to waver for them to to rekindle it? Well, I mean, the most important thing right away is that you're asking the question. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, if you yourself are looking to rekindle your faith, it'll probably happen. Right. Um, but the important, you can't... Um, Oh, one of the great analogies I love is, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? Have I told you this one? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. What's the difference, Dr. Bergwald, between a thermostat and a thermometer? A uh, thermometer reflects the temperature around it. And? A, th- uh, a thermostat determines the temperature around it. Right. So think about your moral, your spiritual atmosphere. Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? So a thermometer... Uh, puts itself in conformity to the atmosphere around it. So spiritually and morally, do you act at the behavior level? Do you live at the spiritual level of those who are around you? Or are you a thermostat who's able to measure the environment and change it to where it should be? Um, so would it be fair to say there's nothing wrong with being, uh, if, you are, if you're nothing, a thermometer? Right, there's nothing wrong with being a thermometer, but then you better look and say, all right, who do I need around me right. to be a better influence right, for me? Right, right, right. So surrounding yourself with positive influences edifying okay. edifying influences i was gonna use some other word than influences there but i couldn't think of one um does that does that make yeah does that it does yeah yeah so so just be aware of be mindful of your surroundings right and, and you know that might there's probably going to be a cost to that as we talked about earlier right um you know the cost of maybe some changing friendships or things of that sort um but know that jesus will bless that and he's talked about that already in the sermon on the mount yep Right, blessed are they who mourn. You might have a mourning and a sadness, maybe for the loss of some friends or some friends who don't want to stay with you as you make that walk in your life back to your faith. Well, all right, you know, um, it's gonna be mourning. It's gonna be sad, and I'm sorry, but but you'll be blessed in that if you mourn with Jesus. And I want to go. I want to go back to what you had said just a moment ago about how if you're asking the question, mm-hmm. then the, but but be specific in your prayer, Lord. I mean, just to make that short, simple prayer, Lord. I believe. Help my unbelief. Or yeah. in your own words, you know, I'm struggling. You know, He wants you to grow. He wants all of us to grow in our faith. If you recognize that you're starting to waver, ask him for the grace to, 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 to renew your faith and he'll answer it. Yeah. So with that great faith and that great confidence in him, it's, um, certainly does bear fruit. It certainly does bear forth in, in your life. Yeah. So just have that confidence, have that trust that the, the Lord is near with you. He's walking with you as he did with the disciples in the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. He wants to strengthen you. He wants you to recognize him going back full circle in the breaking of the bread. Right. He's the Lord of the resurrection. He's not afraid to meet you in your places of death or loss or struggle. He, he'll meet you right there and bring new life into it. Amen. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Matthew, if you have follow-up questions, you can email us. Anyone else, email us with questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.